Do you have any questions this morning? Um, I found that your two examples uh, of the process of uh, the, the apple and the, and the dip and then the tap and sound, I found those very, very helpful. Um, and not so much because of you know, how they illustrated how the conditions can um, can condition feeling tone, but because of seeing you, the process you went through as you, you know, realized these things are kind of calm, just watching and um, and just waiting, especially with the, the tapping, um, you know, waiting like first the sound and then aware of the unpleasantness and then there may have been another step I can't remember but you know then the fear you became aware of a little bit later and um, <coughs> and so you know you didn't go searching for yes yes you waited exactly and then it arose in your consciousness on its own yes and I was thinking about that during the set I was actually thinking quite a lot it seemed like a fruitful kind of thinking. <laughs> um, and I'm, my habit would be, um, in that situation, I would immediately look to see if there was fear, because mm -hmm. I know my mind very well, know how, how it operates. And in comparing that to how you did it, my first thought was, well, you know, your way is, is better, it's wiser. And that may be true, but you know, I don't want to assume that offhand. Yes. Um, you know, it could be that because I am so familiar with my mind, it's, that some part of me senses that fear. So it turns yes, out. yes. But it could also be a kind of like, oh, if there's fear, I gotta find it, so I can fix it. So it just comes to me that that's my mind is gonna have to be, I think, in a pretty balanced place because it happens quickly. But that that would be a very good place to observe and see what's actually going. Exactly, right. Because sometimes having familiarity with patterns like that, it can be helpful in that it kind of highlights them for us and we see them more quickly. And we can also, as you kind of pointed to in a way, um, uh, kind of go looking for them. And in that very looking, it sometimes is that we can construct the feeling as opposed to it actually being there. So that's a, it's it's so amazing <laughs> what our minds can do. So that's something to be cognizant of. Yeah. So and I think that's partly why, in my experience, I have gotten much more settled back in terms of just waiting to not go look for things, but just you know there may be a sense of oh yeah probably anger here that's mine that's my pattern you know, probably anger here, but as opposed to going to look for it, if it's not obviously present, I kind of hang out and wait. Yeah, so that's a great exploration. Yeah. <coughs> uh, I came in this morning and, oh, thank heavens, we've got some air that's going to come through today. And so what I was wondering, I, is it possible that you can get old enough that it doesn't go right to craving? You just know it's not going to stay pleasant forever, so it's not a problem to experience pleasant, or is it always going to change to aversion and you're going to suffer? Um, it is definitely not the case that feeling pleasant or unpleasant 
will always lead to craving or aversion. The very noticing of the pleasant or unpleasant is the first step in that. Um, um, You know, and seeing essentially how pleasant leads to wanting, unpleasant leads to aversion, to seeing that process at play. And as the mind gets more continuous, the mindfulness gets more continuous, we see that that process has just a little space in there. <laughs> just a little space between the pleasant and the, ooh. <laughs> Got any more? <laughs> yeah. So just a little space in there. And, and in particular around unpleasant and aversion, I think that's probably the easier one to mm-hmm. begin to, mm-hmm. to see the space. And, you know, the, the, um, the aversion is so clearly unpleasant itself. I mean, like the, so that compounds the unpleasantness, you know, it's the second dart kind of thing, right? There's unpleasantness of the experience, and then there's the aversion, which is unpleasant itself. And so it really immediately is known as suffering in that experience. So the mind begins to learn that pattern leads to suffering more quickly than it learns the pattern (laughs) of, ooh, liking and then getting the thing, you know, more quickly than it learns that that leads to suffering. <laughs> so, um, and just that exploration, and it definitely, I mean, I was sitting here, you know, I was grateful for the air as well, but then there was the, the I don't know how many flies were walking on me, but... There <laughs> 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 were definitely flies walking around, and, you know, so there was this, there was the, um, you know, the sensations of the, the experience of the fly walking around, and just noticing, you know, most of the time, the mind was completely at ease around it, you know, just sensation. Every now and then it would be like there'd be one particular patch of skin that the fly would walk across and that there would be a really sensitive patch of skin and there would be a little contraction in the mind around that place. But it did not go as far as it would have, what, I don't know, five years ago or whatever, where I would have been sitting here like <laughs> doing this and cursing the flies and really, you know, the feeling... I remember on one retreat in Burma where there was a fly that was wandering around and it like kind of got to my mouth, it was thirsty, you know, it was like (laughs) right on the lips, you know, and I'm thinking, where has this fly been, you know, (laughs) and uh, and it was kind of like, I did manage to not swat it away, but there was a, it was working with aversion, you know, there was a lot of aversion there, and today it was, there was very little of that, so it was kind of an interesting it's been a while since I've had flies walking on me. It's kind of an interesting um, pointer to, you know, you know, the mind has has relaxed around <laughs> at least this kind of unpleasant experience. <laughs> so yes, it does yeah. it does um, change over time. Um, this thing is rooted in biological survival because. If creatures, not human, could not determine what to go for and what to avoid, they might not survive. So I think that that piece needs to be, um, it's maybe small and minor, but I think we need to consider it. It, def- it definitely is. It's rooted in biological mechanisms for sure. I mean, for, even for even um, like amoeba have a sense. It's yeah, it, it's not I mean. you know it's not like you know uh, 
we don't know what amoeba are feeling, but there's clearly the sense of... Or those lovely plants that you, you touch on the seashore that will close yes, up, Yes, yes, yeah. This is, a, you know, it's not aversion. I think it's survival in, in, on their part, mm -hmm. that, that that's what they need to do if they're going to. So I think part of this goes back very deeply. And, it uh, definitely is a very deep... Um, in the structure of the brain. The, the key piece around it, though, is that it is not lockstep between no, unpleasant not. and aversion. Yes, right. It, it, there is, a, but so it, it can go very deep, especially like if you see a mountain lion, you know. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that there's a really deep survival <laughs> fear mechanism around the seeing of something like that. that. Like one time my uncle was with his gun in Africa, and, and he saw a lion. He, there was a lion very close, maybe kind of over there on the hill or something, looking at him. So my uncle was an, a remarkable man, and uh, the lion finally turned it away and left. But my uncle said, I think it was my bald head that got him, as <laughs> he was quite bald. But I do think it was also his own character. <laughs> So, but the other piece to bring into this is that um, that mechanism around survival, mm -hmm. it, it is a deeply ingrained mechanism, that mechanism kind of gets carried into situations in our world where uh, it's kind of a misplaced use of the mechanism yeah. in a way. Yeah, and so, you know, the the... The feel like you know the feeling of being dismissed, you know, when somebody isn't acknowledging us or paying attention to us, that can take on the tone or the feeling of that kind of survival mechanism, like you know, needing to attack. You know, I'm I'm I need to be seen here, and uh, it's it's misplaced mm -hmm. in a way. So, but it's it, it's very interesting to to notice that yes. Maybe one more, if there's one more. So, in the <coughs> pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, um, there are times that it's not, there's no cognitive interpretation going on. It's just a physical, uh, non-intellectual aversion, like a biological, and, but then, um, I'm not quite sure I understand that part which you've said already. Okay. Um, so try again. Um. Um, so I was trying to see if there was a place um, where the response to this object is, is below the level of sort of cognition, just a reaction. So much of the time our response to pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, is below the level of what we are aware of, mm -hmm. much of the time. But it's still made based on patterns or something? Or it, yes, it's, it, the, it, it's, it's, um, it's based on conditions, mm -hmm. how we respond to it. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the defilements, it's the mm -hmm. conditioning that we've had that conditions our response. So much of the time, it... It, our, our level of awareness is not strong enough to see the arising of the feeling and then the reaction to it. Mm -hmm. 
that doesn't mean that it has to be below the level of awareness. No. It is just a function. I mean, there's this, this notion I have about, um, and I don't know if this is true, but it, I, I, I have a sense of it um, that, that what we think of as unconscious processes in the mind or subconscious processes in the mind is simply that which is below our current level of mindfulness capacity. And, and so um, <coughs> the, the cultivation of mindfulness, the strengthening of mindfulness, the continuity of mindfulness essentially, like lowers that horizon of what we think choice. of as sub subconscious. And then we can start to deeply see, you know, the arising of all of these things that we would not have been able to see. And so that the, what we think of as subconscious becomes conscious. So that, that's when, when the, when the mindfulness becomes a little more continuous, when we can start to see uh, how we react, how that reactivity is born. And hearing the information about feeling, I mean... You know, hearing the information about checking into pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, that's something that's actually um, can be kind of accessible to us if we are informed that it's helpful to notice it. You know, it's something that we don't necessarily connect with unless we're informed, hey, this is helpful, this is useful. And given that little bit of information, it becomes easier to see this and then begin to see the processes at play around it. Mm -hmm. So we need to stop.